This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Big show today. He's Ian Fitzsimmons. I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. One hour in the can. Big hour in store for you moving forward. No foreplay to start this hour. We're going to get right into the content. We're going to get right into the content. And, of course, it centers around the Dallas Cowboys. Every week, someone in the NFL says something that leaves us scratching our heads. And it's usually Jerry Jones. I have to believe one and one is three. I can't operate where one and one is two. This is Jerry's world, and we're just living in it. Oh, it's Jerry's world indeed, Ian Fitzsimmons. So Micah Parsons, star pass rusher of the Dallas Cowboys, said recently that he sat down with Jerry Jones at the Super Bowl a couple weeks ago for multiple hours talking about the team. I'm sure they talked about other things as well. Multiple hours. They were together two-plus hours having a conversation. So naturally, this has intrigued everybody as to what they were talking about. Micah was at the NBA All-Star Game. He sat down with our own Stephen A. Smith on the Stephen A. Smith Show and talked to Stephen A. about what he spoke to Jerry about. Take a listen. So I told Jerry, I said, look at every team that kind of um, was in that Final Four, who did they have? Okay. Who did Baltimore have? A great linebacker core, right? Uh, who did San Fran have? Great linebacker core. KC. I said, we need to get us another, we need to get another bigger linebacker who's going to come down. In. And I said, we need to get a, a super 330 nasty interior. There it is. A snippet of what Micah Parsons and Jerry Jones discussed during their two plus hour sit down. Micah Parsons telling the owner what they need to get better. Your By thoughts? Everything he just said, he's right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You can't disagree with his analysis of of his side of the football. They do need a boy dog warrior as a three technique. And that's why if I'm the Cowboys, I'm trying to money whip the hell out of Chris Jones. I know they're in salary cap Hades right now, but you you can borrow from Peter to pay Paul to figure out a way to get it done. I know you have to get Dak done in CD and and Micah, by the way, the guy you just heard from. But he's right. They need just an absolute – crusher as a D-tackle, and you need a true Mike linebacker. I love Damone Clark out of LSU. He's outside. You need a true Mike linebacker. Look at Fred Warner. Look at Drake Greenlaw. Look at Patrick Queen, you know, and my man out of Georgia, uh, you know, came over from, from the Roquan Chicago Bears Smith. and Roquan Smith. I mean, it, he's spot on as far as what he is telling Jerry they need on the defensive side of the ball. The problem is Jerry. Because Jerry may have just taken all that in and gone, all right, uh, can you pass me another uh, glass of Johnny Walker Blue? Um, uh, uh, good talk, Micah. And then <laughs> moves on. And here's one thing that people don't realize when it comes to Jerry. Uh, because I think a lot of folks, even Cowboy fans, believe that Jerry is still making all the roster moves and roster decisions. That's more Will McClay now. And Will McClay's done a damn good job the last three or four years of building the roster. It's just they can't, they can't get out of their own way in the playoffs. They're not a very tough team. And that's what Mike is talking about there is that they need to add just some thumpers, just some hunters that go sideline to sideline and get after your butt on the interior of that defense. The problem is you're having a player talk to the owner and general manager and who really is not that much of a decision maker anymore. But find me another team 
that you're going to have not your star quarterback who may have a chip already in his holster, right, where he's won a Lombardi. You have – Micah Parsons has how many playoff wins on his resume right now? I believe one. There Is you it? go. So you have an owner who after every game, every single game, is holding a press conference in the locker room where your players are listening to everything he's saying before the head coach holds his press conference. So if you're Micah you're, or any Cowboy, you're going, uh, am I listening to what he's saying or what my head coach is saying? Or who do I go to to try and get something done? Well, Micah went to Jerry. Jerry listened for over two hours. But it is the most convoluted communication system maybe in professional sports where you have an owner talking to players about roster moves and then on holding pressers after every game before your head coach does. The only team it does is Joe's the Dallas Cowboys. That's it. Love it. Carlin versus Joe is presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $750 on average. Now think this through. The owner of the Cowboys is sitting down at the Super Bowl with his star pass rusher multiple hours to discuss what the team needs. Are they in the hotel suite or are they the Jerry Cruiser, the big luxury yeah, I've seen that bus. thing. I saw that thing in Indianapolis for the Combine yeah. a decade ago. Love that Woo. thing. He just pulls up. By the way, uh, there is no parking spot off limits None. for that thing, if you've ever noticed. That thing will park anywhere it wants at any time. Good luck trying to ticket him. So Parsons is telling him what he needs. Naturally, we need a guy at linebacker. We need someone in the interior defensive line. All right, that sounds good. That doesn't address the fact that your quarterback has a salary cap number of damn near $60 million this coming season. It doesn't address the fact that Micah needs to get paid sometime soon, which I'd imagine probably was a topic of conversation as well. Doesn't address the fact that CeeDee Lamb, your star wide receiver, has a contract coming up and needs to be addressed sometime soon. Anybody can sit around and point to all the things they want. That's the easy part. It's how do you obtain them and stay within the salary cap? Because none of it matters in Dallas until they figure out the quarterback position. Dak holds all the power, Joe. Dak holds all the the cards. All the power. While all the family members of his teammates are throwing him under the bus at every single turn, he's the guy holding the power. Because if you don't restructure that deal, you ain't getting nothing. Forget about Chris Jones. Forget about new contracts for the star players. You ain't getting nothing. And as we just saw, you aren't even close to competing on a Super Bowl level. You had a home game against the youngest team in the NFL in the playoffs, and they smacked you around pillar to post. You're not going to be able to beat them. You're not going to beat anybody unless you upgrade the roster, and you can't do that until you address the quarterback position. So good luck. This is the franchise that just keeps on giving when it comes to storylines, but you need real tangible solutions and it starts with Prescott I have no idea what the plan is there but until that's addressed I'm not even considering the Cowboys for any sort of deep playoff right. run Come Joe, on now. Let, let me pose this question to you now you're, you're you're on the luxury bus let's just go there for the visual right you're, you're on the on the on the Jerry bus you know the the tour bus of dreams and you're sitting down you're having a cocktail you're talking about the roster for over two hours at some point if you're Jerry do you ask Micah about that tweet or whatever the heck it was? Was it his brother who said it about Dak? Like, you know, they can't win with Dak as a quarterback. So does that actually come up on the luxury cruiser at the Super Bowl in this two-plus hours of roster moves that you're looking to make? Oh, hell yeah. If you're Jerry, you're asking about everything. These guys all want something from you. That's the thing. Micah wants something from Jerry. Money. He wants his money. And there's nothing wrong with that, and but wins. that's what it is. Yeah, Micah he, does want to win, man. He wants to win. I he's mean, a Penn yeah, he, State he's guy. He's hungry. I love him. Penn State guy, I love him. 
But I, you understand where he's at. He'll answer any question you want on that bus. So if you're Jerry Jones, yeah, you want to find out what's going on. But does the answer matter? I don't think asking the question matters. Does the answer matter? Where's Jerry at with that answer? Yeah, what does he think of his Or C.D. Lamb's mom talking about, you know, right. he should be going to Houston. How much, if you're Dak, does that actually still sit in the back of your mind? Or have you already flushed that whole thing? He's the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. I think that guy's been through enough. I think he's used to it. Over yeah, the last I few agree. years, he understands. It's all just noise to him. To us, each piece of, of news that comes out about him is a new story and a new angle for us to discuss the Dallas Cowboys. Because the Dallas Cowboys rate. Let's not, let's not insult the audience here. We talk about them because yep. they rate. They're good for business. Jerry knows that. So every time there's a new angle, we hook into it and we discuss it. But to Dak, it's all the same thing. It's whether he can win in the playoffs, whether he should take a discount, whether he should try to get traded, whether he can actually win a big game late, whether or not he's the problem, whether or not McCarthy's the problem, whether or not his teammates, family members like him. Every day it's something new for that guy. I think that all just gets jumbled into one big pile for him to address and just discount. He's got to move on from that, and he's going to continue working. He had a great season last year. It's a shame they got It's not a shame. I'm an Eagles fan. But it's a shame for Cowboys fans. They got blown up the way they did because they had set themselves up nicely. They just, like usual, the big stage, they were not prepared. You know what's crazy? When I I first saw the headline about Micah Parsons sitting down going over roster moves and what the Cowboys need from a roster standpoint for two hours with, you know, the owner and general manager of the team and Jerry Jones, my first initial reaction was, man, what are you doing, Jerry? I mean, why would you even – why even listen for two-plus hours – to a star player, yeah, but normally a quarterback gets that kind of treatment, right? Aaron Rodgers with the Jets, you know, or when he was with Green Bay, when he held them hostage for years. Those are the kinds of guys. Drew Brees with the Saints. You want to go over roster stuff, hey, what do you think we need to get back to winning a Lombardi? Those are the kinds of players that normally get that kind of access and attention, you know, and you actually listen. But So I was like almost, almost laughing when I first saw the headline, Joe. But then when I heard what Parsons said, you're going, well, hell, he's right. Yeah. He's Everything he on. said was spot on. Dead on. They got to get tougher up the middle of that defense. And now I'm curious to see how much Jerry and Will McClay, because Will McClay's a heck of a football man. He's the director of football ops for people who don't know the Dallas Cowboys. That guy knows talent. You know, but it all comes down to whether Jerry wants to veto him or not. Or really listen to Micah Parsons, because what Parsons said was spot on. Build a roster that's resilient above all else. Kansas City, the most resilient team in football. Every time you think they're dead, every time you think they're down, they find a way to rally, they find a way to make plays. But they hit on draft picks, Joe. Think about this, man. They hit on the some. Bowl, they missed on dude. Clyde Edwards-Elair. They've missed on Sky well, Moore. They've missed first, on a bunch. Hold on a minute. Clyde Edwards-Elair, his first two years, he was extraordinarily productive. And he got banged up. You know, And, and then what they do? You go get Pacheco out of Rutgers in the seventh round. Their last two hit. drafts. Their last two drafts. Think about this. You know what their playoff record is? 59-0. and 0. You know how many players you have to hit on to get to that number 59? You got to hit on a ton, who's, who's man. Who's 59? What? Who's 59 so and 0? Their total number of every player gets a win, right? So over the last two drafts, their combined sophomore and freshman class, just to make it easy, right? Their combined record is 59 and 0. 
that's amazing of guys that actually hit the field. Not the Kevin Coburn's out of Texas of the world. That's a guys very that, interesting way to say that the Chiefs have won all their playoff games the last two years. And it's also very, it's a very yeah, interesting. It's, a very, it's also a very accurate way to say that the Chiefs hit on a hell of a lot of draft picks. That's also another way to say Brent Veach and the boys, they know talent, <laughs> man. You know, they started, what, uh, eight guys on defense or special, eight guys, eight. That, that are either first or second year players. You're, you're, my point is that number, you're hitting on a ton of dudes in the draft, which allows you to pay players like Chris Jones, like Patrick Mahomes. They have done a remarkable job, no doubt. Parsons did address his own contract with Stephen A. Smith uh, as his ex- he is extension eligible for the first time. Quote, if they call my number and say, hey, we ready, we're ready. But if not, I'm going to put another Pro Bowl year. We'll go back and we'll get the words of that uh, a little bit more accurately. <laughs> Parsons said, it only gets more expensive. Our version of the NFL stock market, it's time to buy low and sell high. That's next on Carlin versus Joe on your smart speakers by saying play ESPN radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Let's go to work. Alongside Ian Fitzsimmons, I'm Joe Fortenball. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Time to play a little buy low, sell high, 2024 NFL edition. Before free agency starts, before the combine next week, before the NFL draft, we're going to stake our claim on a handful of teams that we're willing to buy low on right now and that we're going to be selling high on right now. Ian, we're going to begin with you. We're going to start with the buy low candidates. Who's a team you've circled as a great buy low for next season? This is one that you and I talked about back in November, Joe. And they got hot, really hot. That's the L.A. Rams. Ooh. As long as Matty Stafford can stay healthy, just give me 14 games. 
right, just give me 14 and go one and two in the three he misses. This is a very <laughs> very low, specific. Very right. Hey, we're buying low here, coach. And but look, look at the the youth on this team. Kyron Williams, one of the leading rushers in the NFL, and he missed games this year out of Notre Dame in his second year. Then you look at Puka Nakua, one of the top you know receivers in the game as a rookie out of BYU. They are loaded. You got Kobe Turner out of Wake Forest, who's next to Aaron Donald. I know Donald's numbers went down less because the guys around him helped him. So they are a young team with a veteran quarterback, and they were one of the toughest outs in the last month and a half of the regular season. And then they gave Green Bay all they could handle, excuse me, Detroit all they could handle. So, and remember, they're one loss down the stretch in overtime against the unbeatable Baltimore Ravens where you had a block in the back on the punt return that got housed to win the game in OT. The Rams are a young, talented team that are hungry. And with a veteran quarterback, take them now, folks. Bye low. You were talking earlier about the job the Kansas City Chiefs have done of hitting on talent in the draft. How about these guys? No doubt. These guys haven't even had high draft picks for years. They lost all the picks. They were in salary cap Hades, as you would say, and they found a way to compete last year. There are people I really respect in the gambling world who looked at this Rams team and said after the first six, seven games of the schedule last year, which was a brutal start, they may pack it in and make a play for Caleb Williams. And instead, all they did was go to the playoffs with a chance to beat the Lions in Detroit in the wildcard round. I mean, think came about out the last what few minutes, man. I mean, that was a hell of a game. Great game. If McVay manages it properly, they probably win that game because the Lions went MIA in the second half of that matchup. So I think that's a great buy low because they've got picks coming their way. They've got some financial flexibility coming their way, something they haven't had in the last few years. All right, a buy low for me. Some people may laugh. Chicago Bears. Chicago oh, Bears Come on, are a big time buy low. Here's why. Everyone is distracted by what's going to happen at the quarterback position. What are they going to do with Fields? What are they going to do with the number one overall pick? Put all that stuff to the side for just a moment. The Bears, over their last eight games last season, went five and three. They really turned a corner under head coach Matt Eberflus. The defense, once Montez Sweat came in in the trade from Washington, who they did re-sign so he's in the fold for next year, Fantastic down the stretch. Very good against the run. That Chicago defense has quietly become one of the better units in the NFL by next season. I bet they're a top 10 unit. Top 10 unit. If you got a top 10 defense, you can win games. They were two and six in one score games last year. That's a metric you always want to look at, whether it's very good or very bad, because that number tends to regress towards the mean. If the Bears are better in one score games next year, which mathematics tells us they should be, they're going to win some more games. Fourth most salary cap space as of right now. The number one overall pick, the number nine overall pick, and like I mentioned, defense that's on the rise. Don't sleep on the Chicago Bears. That's a good buy low candidate for next season. Your thoughts? You sold me on it, actually. When you first said it, I was going to hike my leg on it like a dog on a fire hydrant. <laughs> but you actually brought some logic to it. And the two and six uh, and one score games, Yep. that's the opposite of the Minnesota Vikings two years ago. Yep. Remember they had what, – what, what were they in uh, – in 22, they the were like, Vikings were either like 11 and one or some yeah. crazy number in one score games. Yeah, when and you're then, that good, the Giants were very good in one score games as well. And look at what happened to both teams; they regressed. Flipped, they flipped, and it took Kirk Cousins about five weeks to really start to get that thing going again. And then he had them back at 500, and then he got hurt. So, the one score game metric—that's uh, that, what really got my attention. But I'm gonna throw it back on you a little bit. That offensive line is trash, dude. I mean, you got a lot to fix. And even if it's Caleb Williams or Justin Fields, I'm a Justin Fields guy. 
He just has to start getting rid of the ball a little faster, right? He holds on to it too long. But who's in front of either one of those dudes or whomever's playing quarterback for, for the Chicago Bears? $70 million in cap space, fourth most in the you NFL. Go get an offensive line. They are go. going to address the offensive line. They've got the opportunity to take a big step forward next season. All right, so the buy low candidates, Carlin versus Joe. Ian's going with the Los Angeles Rams. Love that pick. I'm going with the Chicago Bears. Let's sell high. Who's at the top of your board? You know. Just go ahead and say it. You talked about him earlier. Philadelphia 76ers of the NFL. Oh, the Baltimore Ravens. That's it. Until you know what they are, and we don't we all give the Cowboys a whole lot of hell because they'll make the playoffs and not survive in advance. They haven't sniffed an NFC championship game since 1995. You know how many kids have been born and graduated college since the last time <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys even got to an NFC championship game? Well, the Baltimore Ravens are, are the JV version of the Dallas Cowboys. They can't survive in advance. Last year, man, that was the best defense in the NFL. You had an MVP at quarterback. You finally got playmakers on the outside and Zay Flowers in the draft out of Boston College. I'm telling you, if the Ravens had not taken Flowers in the draft, Chris Canty would have left our set. He would have just gotten up in Kansas City and left. Oh, and he was spot on. He had a hell of a year. But you did all those things, and you still wet the bed in the postseason. Give me the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. Selling out. Some teams just aren't meant for the big stage. I mean, what more do you need, Baltimore? Joe Burrow got hurt. The Steelers are down. Uh, the Cleveland Browns were playing nine different quarterbacks. You had the division, no problem. Laid you had out, a right one there seed. For you. The Chiefs weren't as dangerous as they've been in previous years. You couldn't do anything. You got the Houston Texans. You beat the Texans, and you're one win away from the Super Bowl. And you flamed out in spectacular fashion. I love it. Completely agree. I'll give you another one. And I'll one-up you. It was the team that lost the Super Bowl. I'd sell high on the San Francisco 49ers. Wow. All right. Now, come on. Sell me again. Win totals 11 and a half right now. I would go under. One thing you want to look at with the Niners, and this is one of the reasons people talk about the curse of the Super Bowl loser and also why it's so hard to repeat in the NFL. If you look at the two teams that play for the Super Bowl, traditionally, they turn out to be two of the healthiest teams in the NFL. That makes plenty of sense, does it not? Duh, of course they're going to be healthy. You lose your star players like Joe Burrow, you're not going to make a run. The thing is, being one of the healthiest teams in the NFL year after year after year is extremely difficult. It's why you you see a team like the Eagles, extremely healthy. Two seasons ago, they go to the Super Bowl. Last season, guys are getting dinged up all over the defense. Things start to fall apart. There's other contributing factors, and they lose. The Niners were really healthy this year. I don't expect that to maintain. Trent Williams is their best offensive lineman. He turns 36 in July. The rest of the line's a mess. They don't have the money the Bears have to go out and address the offensive line. They got to figure out what they're going to do with Brandon Ayuk. George Kittle's eventually coming up. Financially, they got some concerns, and I wonder if there's a little bit of a trust issue with the players and the head coach. They say there isn't, but a lot of these guys have now had a week to listen to everybody talk about how their head coach didn't have them prepared for the Super Bowl while listening to Chris Jones talk about how his head coach had everybody in Kansas City prepared for overtime in the Super Bowl. Yeah, we talked to Alex Whittingham, assistant uh, coach for, uh, for, for the Chiefs, and he confirmed that Chris Jones story that in training camp they were going over every new rule in the NFL and overtime was addressed in depth for the postseason. That's, that's a complete difference, right? That attention to detail that Andy Reid and that staff has versus, you know, what we heard out of San Fran. But let me go one more on you with, with San Francisco. Quickly. Steve Wilkes, how much does that kind of leave a bad taste on your palate for players in that locker room? Oof. I mean, it, it, some people are saying he was scapegoated. Others point to the fact that the defense did regress after D'Amico Ryan's left, but they, they got a lot of questions coming into the season. 
right? They're not such a charming story anymore. People are looking at them. They're wondering if they're ever going to be able to get over the hump. A lot of pressure. Going to be very difficult to upgrade. First place schedule like usual. It's not going to be as soft as it was last year. Not going to surprise me in the least if you see the Niners take a big step back. He's Ian Fitzsimmons. I'm Joe Fortenball. So the buy lows, the Rams and the Bears, the sell highs, the Niners and the Ravens. We'll ask our insider, Dan Graziano, for a buy low candidate. He's got a real good one. That's coming up after I have this from Indeed. It is the perfect time to gear up and connect to quality candidates, and there's no better way to do that than through Indeed. The hiring platform that makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates all in the same place. Their interview tool helps you schedule and conduct interviews right from your employer dashboard. Nix the hassle. Start hiring at Indeed.com slash credit. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Uh, did I hear Christine Lisi right? Did we just get an Augusta National update? What was the hole that they ended up changing? They altered by, what was it, 10 yards? Uh, the par 5 second hole lengthened by 10 hole yards. Oh my gosh, Ian! I'm getting excited. Uh, I'm getting uh, yeah. that tingly I mean, feeling. I, I just got uh, emotional. Almost shed a shed a tear right there. Just talking about Augusta National. It's going to be Masters. very dangerous to put us on air while that tournament is going to be played. I'm going to be honest with the audience because I I always said I would never lie to the audience. I will not be paying attention to the show that day, dude. You saw me, and I heard will be me. gambling on everything. Yeah, I mean everything. I mean, yesterday we were we were wagering on professional lacrosse. Yeah. Getting futures wagers in on the Daytona 500. Thank you, Ryan McGee. You yeah. cash some checks for us. And Aqueduct and Oakland horse racing, where we hit not one but two trifecta boxes. We had a full horse racing meltdown live on air yesterday. Imagine you and I, the Masters, they'll never put us together during Thursday or Friday of the Masters. Ain't happen. Find me another Sports Talk radio show that bet lacrosse, <laughs> horse racing at multiple tracks, and Daytona yesterday while doing the job. We didn't say doing the job well. We just said doing the job. And and get return on investment. (laughs) Ian Fitzsimmons, Joe Fornball, Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL insider, kind enough to join the show. Dan, we appreciate the time. Last segment, Ian and I were having a conversation. NFL candidates to buy low on and sell high on for 2024. Our buy low candidates were the Rams and the Chicago Bears. Our sell high candidates were the Baltimore Ravens and the San Francisco 49ers. If you had a buy low candidate, who would that be? I I like the Rams. Uh, I think they're going to be good. Um, but I, I went with Cincinnati because uh, they finished in fourth place, but they won nine games. And assuming Joe Burrow comes back healthy from that thumb injury, I don't think there's any reason to think they're not going to go right back to a top-of-the-league level team, especially 
against a fourth-place schedule, which really can't be underrated. You have a team with a winning record uh, that gets to play all the other last-place teams in the conference uh, that can only benefit them in terms of their record and their seeding. Uh, so assuming Burrow comes back healthy, I think the Bengals deserve to, to vault right back up toward the top of the favorites list in the AFC. Um, so that's what I went with. I actually wondered if they counted, you know, cause they have a winning, they had a winning record and they've been, you know, so good the previous couple of years, but, uh, um, Evan told me that I could use them. So I did. You're Dan Graziano. Of course it counts. Yeah, Come on. You're now. Good. Come I'm on done. Now. Well, I didn't want to, I didn't want to take the easy way out. You know, that, that's no good. But yeah. What about I it? Say, I on, think on the this schedule, show? schedule matters so much every year, right? Like, and, and the Ravens are going to play, you know, they're going to have to play Buffalo and they're going to have to play Kansas City and they're going to have to play Houston by virtue of where they finished, whereas the Bengals are going to play New England and Tennessee and the Chargers by virtue of where they finished. And that, that's, that's a pretty big difference in a division like the AFC North. Love the, love the Bengals as your buy low. What about a sell high, Graz? Well, you guys know that I, I, I believe in this NFC East curse and nobody can win it two years in a row, right? So uh, I'm going to go with the Cowboys as the sell high because I, I feel confident in saying that they won't win their division. So that's a drop-off for them from, I don't know who will, but I know it'll be one of the other two teams because it's been 20 years now since anybody's won the NFC East two years in a row. Plus, the Cowboys have a lot to work out. I mean, this thing with Dak Prescott and the $59.5 million cap hit and you know, what are they doing with extensions with Parsons and C.D. Lamb? And I, I just think there's a lot of issues for them this offseason. And in an offseason, they start with, uh, you know, with a cap deficit as well. So I think uh, that could be my sell high. All right, Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL insider, joining us here. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Speaking of the Cowboys, what do you make of Micah Parsons and owner Jerry Jones sitting down together at the Super Bowl for a couple hours to mm-hmm. discuss the roster? It seems a bit odd compared to the fact that we don't really hear about owners sitting down with anyone, if not non-quarterbacks, during the offseason to discuss roster moves. No, I think it's it's obviously, I think it's the buddy comedy uh that we need for the summer, right? I think that it's definitely we we definitely need to see Jerry Jones and Micah Parsons sort of traveling the country together in an RV, uh, you know, and, and going through all like talking about the roster and then sort of fighting over directions and, and all. I think that that's that's really what I took out of it. Uh, but look, I, I think Parsons is a, is a is a tremendous player and, and one of the best players on the Cowboys. And I think the stars are always going to have the ear of the owner. Um, especially an owner who considers himself to be a star and, and has been one uh, since he's been an NFL owner. So I think uh, it doesn't surprise me that conversation would take place. It's conceivable that Micah's, um, you know, Micah's recounting of it maybe overstates what it was. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure Jerry like loves hearing his input, but I'm not sure Micah's going to necessarily get the front office to reorder it's off season priority list, but I, I think it's, you know, I think it's probably good. I mean, Jerry is the general manager, right? So like it's, it's good for people in those positions to listen to the star players on the team and how they feel. It doesn't have to do anything about it, but it, it's good perspective to have. So um, yeah, I, I wasn't too surprised. I, I do think it's, I do think it's quite a, quite an image though of uh, the 80 year old Jerry Jones and the 24 year old Michael Parsons uh, getting together to plot off season strategy. 
Yeah, maybe, maybe Jerry had a Johnny Walker Blue sitting right to his right going, all right, Mike, <laughs> go ahead, unload. What, what, what we got? By the Pretty way. good what, chance. Right? Yeah. <laughs> if you want to wager on something, that is almost a stone-cold lead pipe lock. You're not get a good price on that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> not a good yeah. ROI on return on investment. No. But what he said, though, Grosley, when I saw the headline, I laughed. But then when you listen to what Micah said, they want a boy dog warrior three technique and a, and, a, and just a – thumping Mike oh. linebacker. What he said was actually yeah. accurate. The Cowboys need those things. Look, Micah knows football. Like, I mean, A, just ask him. And B, uh, like, he, he is a savant. Like, like he, he operates at an incredibly high level when it comes to football, playing the game, uh, you know, and, and kind of I think he has sort of this beautiful mind aspect about, like, what goes on on the field. And I think a lot of times when we hear Micah talk about his frustrations, he's one of these guys that believes that he sees things at such a high level and he gets frustrated that other people can't. So that's not a great way to go through life. And ideally, as he gets older and more mature, that that mellows out a little bit and he starts to accept, you know, that, that different people are different. But um, I do think that he understands completely what would make the Cowboys defense better. It's just a matter of like, oh, that sounds great, but you know, <laughs> how do you get them and how do you fit them all under the cap? Right? Like, they were undersized at linebacker following the injuries they had to their starters last year. So there's no question about it. They need more thump in the middle of that defense. And I think Micah, who came into the league as a linebacker, drafted as a linebacker, he's kind of morphed into this, this monster edge rush presence because he's so great at it, because there's such a premium on that in this league right now. Uh, I think he can certainly look behind him and say, like, boy, if we had this and we had this, uh, my job would be a lot easier and, and our defense would be a lot more effective. So, no, I, I think he's – I mean, yeah, I, th- I think that, that kind of analysis is spot on and I'm not surprised. Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL insider. Dan, we appreciate the time. Thanks so much for the insights as always. You guys know that it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Blatant lie. What a slick send-off. <laughs> right. Just a slick well, way to were, exit. Hold on a minute. We brought him in. We're talking about wagering on professional lacrosse, the Daytona 500, and ponies. <laughs> so, he and, was immediately regretting accepting right, the invitation. Why am I here? What am I doing with this? Why? What? What? What could this audience possibly learn from me if they've been subjected got, to this? You got derailed with the Christine Lisi Sports Center update because of a reference for of the Masters, where hole number five has been lengthened by ten yards. Ten yards. Wait, what? Got to change the handicaps. <laughs> Wait a minute. Got to change the caps. The whole system needs to be rebooted. We'll get to work on that. But in the meantime, consider this. Some very big news from the college football world that may have flown under the radar. We're going to have that for you next. He's Ian Fitzsimmons. I'm Joe Fordenball. Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio, including on the iHeartRadio app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. February, but we got some college news percolating. So it's time to talk a little college football. He's Ian Fitzsimmons. I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. How about this? From superchargers, exhaust kits, and more. 
eBay Motors has over 122 million parts to keep your ride or die alive. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ian Fitzsimmons, perfect guy to have in today with some news breaking out of the college football world. What do you got for us? Uh, So basically the 5 plus 7 format is going to be adopted in the new 12-team college football playoff format that we have coming this year. So just to keep it easy, the ACC, the Big Ten, the SEC, Big 12, and the highest-ranked group of five conference champion, they're automatically in, those five. And then the seven highest-ranked teams after them, you're also in. There's your 12-team format, and the reason it's taken this long – to finally say, all right, this is official, we're going with a five plus seven, is because the Pac-2 were still going over a lot of legal issues. Well, they finally, the rest of the committee said, you know what, we've given you guys enough time. Uh, if you haven't figured it out yet, you're not going to, even though they are kind of merging with the Mountain West. Remember, they're, they're each Oregon State and Washington State are both playing uh, you know, six teams from the Mountain West. So uh, that, that's essentially it. That's why it took so long to finally make this thing official. But it's the five conference champions, meaning the big four that are left and the highest group of five conference champ, and then the seven best teams. Let's go swap some paint, play some football. Pac-12 is like that family member at dinner when you're out at a nice restaurant or moderate restaurant, whatever it may be, and they just can't make up their mind. They ask the waiter 500 questions. They can't make up their mind. Everyone's sitting there. Everyone's last, placed the order. The table, still yeah. not ready. How's the soup? It's soup. What do you mean, how's the soup? It's soup. That's what it is. That's the end of it. Stop asking the questions. Oh, they I went to dinner with someone. The day, and then they go with one off the menu. Exactly. I went to dinner with someone at this company once. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to name names. But every no, single element of the meal, starting with the appetizers, he would ask for recommendations. He would get all the recommendations in the world. He Evan not, Cohen. He would not go with the recommendation. Then came back. Salad. You didn't say no. All the salad options. I'm just not even <laughs> going to address you. All the salad options. Asked for a recommendation. Didn't go with it. This poor waiter gave recommendations on apps, on salads, on entrees, on wine, and on dessert. Harry Douglas. Oh for 5. Oh for 5. And I looked at the waiter at one point, and I'm thinking, like, Ooh, you got to be at a no, point where you just, like, how, why? And I even asked the guy, I go, why do you keep no, asking for idiot. recommendations? Greeny. It had to be greeny. I'm not answering the he question. Is so you can try picky. all you want. Do you really think I'm in the class of dinner with Greenberg at this point? Great point. Going back to Evan. See, that's the thing. Do you really think I'm in that low of a class that I'm out to dinner with Cohen? <laughs> See, I can play. <laughs> now we're getting way. in the middle. See, I'm going process of elimination here. <laughs> All right, back to business, though. Do we know? So, who's getting slotted in for the buys? How does the pl- do you have all the details on how this playoff works? Yeah, but it's it, it'll make your head hurt. It okay, really, don't really even worry will. about that yeah. then. So yeah, you, I have highest conference champs. I mean, so they'll, they'll get the buys. You're going to be on campus, all that kind of stuff. Oh my god! You're just go into the deep dive and a read. Heather Dinich has it. It'll take you about six minutes. It's not the end of the world, but we are going to go on campus finally, which I love. Right, and then Atlanta's going to be one of the places to be. Because, I mean, you have the Peach Bowl, you have a, a quarterfinal game, and a, a semi. So, I mean, that place is going to be rocking. Is it but, just on campus for the opening round? Correct. Home yeah. teams will host in the opening round, and then after that we're going to go neutral site? Correct. This is going to be so good? Oh, it's awesome. This is going to be so good. For you know the what people I also who hope don't this like leads it. to? Oh, I, I hope this leads to more on-campus games. Look, I'm all for the neutral side made for TV. We have them at Jerry World every year. You know, you have them at, at the Peach Bowl also where, you know, it's Georgia versus Clemson in Charlotte two years ago, right? 
uh, those made-for-TV games at neutral sites. I'm hoping that when we see the atmosphere from having a college football playoff game on campus, that that leads to more of what we just saw with Texas and Alabama doing a home-and-home. We need more of those type of games in college football, in my opinion. There's not enough of them. This may be a stupid question, but it would not be the first one from me. Are we concerned at all that if we have these games, and I love the idea of playing these games on campus, but happening in late December when the student body isn't there, do we have a concern? Do them all early. Do them early before conference play begins. Do what do you what do you mean before conference play begins? No, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about well, you're, you're talking about the, the college football playoff. Or are you talking playoff, about college okay, football okay, playoff? Okay, gotcha. I thought like, you were talking about Texas Alabama. If you're gonna that? have, oh, I'm not worried about that. They, the fans showed up well for that. But if we're talking about in December when this thing gets rolling, if kids are done with with their finals and they go home for the holiday, and then you're hosting one of these games late December when the student body isn't there, you're gonna be able to fill out. Hell sell yes. out the big house, Beaver Stadium. Like I said, it could be a stupid question. Well, you know question. what? Hold on a minute. I'm, I'm going to back off that hell yes for a second because you and I were having this conversation off air yesterday. I just came off a, a college tour with my oldest daughter, Rowan, and got into it uh, with you know some guys that I know from Alabama that I went to college with. And they were saying that like using Texas, Alabama as an example, this county came up organically in conversation, that they told me that the, the, the student section for a week two game was not full. And a lot of this is at Alabama. Yeah, at, at in Tuscaloosa, Sark coming back with Kyle Flood and Jeff Banks Wait, and all the those Texas guys from game? the old staff. The Texas game and wasn't the, sold. Was it? it was sold out, but there every there was not a button every seat, and the student section was not full. I was shocked. Really? So then I started going around to students who were there, and I went, "Hold on, a minute. let me let me ask you this: Would you rather go to a game or watch it on your couch?" And Damn near 9 out of 10 said, if I had to have make that choice, I'm staying at home and watching it with my guys on the couch. Students which is amazing at to the me. University of Alabama yes. being harassed by you at the bar on a Saturday night. Correct. Like, who is this guy? You got, you got a problem with that? No. I like the fact that you're ruining their nights with these questions, putting them on the spot. <laughs> what? Get off your couch, hippie. <laughs> but to your point, that, that, that could be... I wouldn't say a major concern because they're already dealing with it now. But, I mean, will it be 110,000? Maybe not, to your point. I hadn't thought about it, to be honest with you, until I was just in in Tuscaloosa um, and Auburn over the weekend. Interesting. Which I'm still moving kind of slowly. Do we have concern that the younger generations are not going to be as interested in going to these games? But now we're going to a deep dive, man. We've taken a big exit off the interstate. Go ahead. And, and yeah, I, I, there, there may be some level of concern there. Again, I, I was naive to this, man. Because uh, I'm on a college campus every single weekend from August to January. And, I, I, man, like SC, if SC's rolling, that is the thing to do. But it's L.A. So if it's 75 and sunny, hello, there's a beach right there. Correct. So that is a major problem for SC. And I don't care who the head coach is. They haven't been – that hasn't been the coolest show in town since Pete Carroll was there. Now, Lincoln, Riley, and Caleb Williams started to get it back two years ago. But now, obviously, hit a big ditch last year. But it's hard – even when they're rolling – the Coliseum is not sold out, Joe. No, never. I mean, so that that's kind of been an issue already. But you bring up a great point as far as an on-campus playoff game. Could that be an issue when it comes to butts in seats? I don't think it will be a big one because it is the playoffs, right? And it's not week three or week four, which then you have some a bit more of a sense of urgency. But to your point, man, that, that's a legitimate question. It really is. I, I think it would be answered in the affirmative in that you'd be fine selling out the seats. You're going to have plenty of fans there, and I think a lot of kids would want to go back. Kids will travel for big bowl games around the same time of year. 
I, I, I don't think we'd have much of a problem. And I agree with you. I really hope this doesn't damper the idea of these games taking place on campus. Because I love the idea of earning home field yeah. for the playoffs. It's fantastic to think about what this has evolved from. Coming from an era in the 90s where Penn State could go undefeated, wallop Oregon in the Rose Bowl, and not even have a chance to be a national champion Gary to Collins. a 12-team playoff. We did it! We're still two months away from the NFL draft, but we might be just a week away from knowing where Caleb Williams is going. That's next on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.